Genesis chapter 4, we're still in. Talking about Cain and Abel. Uh, we got to the point where Cain... Let's see. How Cain was wroth. His countenance had fallen. Um, Cain, God appeals to Cain. He tries to give him that second chance, the opportunity to do uh, what is right. He lets him know that, hey, from here on, if you just do it correctly, all things will stay the same. Now that was down through verse 7. But um, verse 8 um, we talked about Cain didn't listen. Cain's jealousy drove him uh, to kill Abel. Uh, they had a, what did they say, and Cain talked with Abel, his brother, right? Kind of, and then uh, comped him on the head a little harder than he should have. And he kills him. So you have the situation where we left off here. Instead of Cain taking the word of God, and using it to better himself, he lashed out at the one that God blessed. Okay? Um, so, in this, this situation of jealousy, to me, it's a good indicator how we should, we got to control ourselves. You know, I don't think anyone's in here lashing out and killing people. But this, this particular mentality, when, you know, the Bible talks about we're attacked because why? We're, ta we're attacked for whose sake? His sake. For his sake. And that's what that, and that's what it is here. It wasn't Abel. It was the fact that Abel did what God asked and Cain didn't. So he lashed out out of the out, out of jealousy, out of anger. We we are attacked because we're trying to serve God. We're not attacked because we think we're better than everybody else. And I don't think anyone here thinks that they're better. Um, we just try to hold ourselves to a higher standard, right? But we hold ourselves to the same standard that we hold others. That whole um, mentality, well, you know, you can't judge me and all that kind of stuff is false. It's our job to judge as long as we're holding ourselves to the same set of standards. Um, and, you know, it, it, we've had conversations, you know, people personally attack us because we're taking a stand, on the word of God. And in this situation, this hits home more than any. I mean, this, these are brothers. These are family. These are supposed to be buddies and friends and, you know, and, and whatnot. Family hurts the most. You know, when, I, when I'm out in the world and the world doesn't much care for me because I'm sharing the gospel or trying to live for Christ, I ain't pressed about that. You know, that really don't hurt me. Jim? I say, but you have to also... Because it's how you approach people. Because you can tell them if somebody came to you and started like browbeating you in the saying that you're going to wherever because you're not a good Muslim, it wouldn't be because they're telling you about Muhammad. It's because of the way they're treating you. Yeah. So I think, and I've seen that a lot too, um, where people, quote unquote, are witnessing. Well, they're mad because I'm trying to tell my friend. No, it's because you're being a jerk. Yeah. You're just you're not doing it in love. You're just being a flat out jerk and saying, "Well, you know, your lifestyle is going to send you straight to hell." And you're going and say, "Wait a second, you're attacking them." Yeah. Just... Well, and, and that is true too. But so, you, you know, know, when you look throughout the, the Old Testament or in the New Testament, 
You know, Paul and all those guys were attacked because of who Absolutely. they served and what they were doing. And, and he's right. You gotta, you gotta make sure that you're doing it in a way that you would like to be approached. And you have to say one of the things that you know so preachers have told me um, tips when you're preaching is you know if you're up there preaching, you try not to use you a lot. You try to use us. So you know if, I, if I'm standing up there and I'm preaching, I'm going. <clears throat> You shouldn't be doing this, and you shouldn't be doing that. I should be, should try to say more like, you know, that's a lifestyle we shouldn't be living, you know, or, or, or myself. So you're not separating. Kind of like what Jim was saying, you know, this lifestyle that we live, which includes what your lifestyle you live, and includes the kind of lifestyle that I live, that's sending us to to hell, I suppose. Go ahead. It's like Jim said, how we handle it. Yeah. Because I know someone that they're really bad to. Look at those idiots. Bunch of drunks, this or that. Mm -hmm. And I'll say to that person, hey, that used to be you. Yeah. We need to pray for them and not just sit and put them down. And yeah. Not that you're saying it to their face, just attitude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you know, being rude doesn't mean you're rude to their face, you know. Right. Rude is rude, whether it's to their face or, or to not. It's ugly. Yeah. And sometimes it's me, so yeah. when I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm never rude, but it's ugly. Yeah. But in this particular situation, Cain takes the jealousy and he attacks his brother. Um, you know, and, and it's not because of who Cain was, but it was because of who Cain served, or Abel served. Not who, and we got we got to understand that. Sometimes we take it personal. Why they hate me so much? They don't. They hate the Jesus in you. Okay. And that's the thing. So if you're walking the path, if you're doing what's right, expect people are going to oppose you. There's just nothing you can do about that. That's just how life is. And we see right here at the very beginning, Cain and Abel, it's, again, the book of beginnings. This is where it all started, that contrast, that fight, you know, the good versus the bad, and, you know, um, which which God predicted. He talked about the enmity between man and, 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 and <clears throat> The snake, you know, that's what all this is. That's a constant, constant turmoil. All right. Uh, verse 9. Someone read me 4 9. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Um, again, it, here's God asking questions that we all know he knows the answer to. Uh, where is Abel? Uh, simp you know what's the, what other question has he asked that's similar to that? Why are you hiding? Why are you hiding? Yeah, um, it's interesting how sin continues to repeat itself, right? We're always constantly trying to things up. Now, interesting. This continues with Cain's attitude here. What was Cain's response? Am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper? Like. Like, what, he forgot he killed him? You know? Right. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about, right? Am I my brother's keeper? You're going to stand before God and act dumb. You know, what? I don't know where he's at. It's not my day to watch him, right? <laughs> yeah, Jim? But the answer is yes. You, we are our brother's keeper. We are. It talks about compelling people to do right and, and to do that. So they, actually, he asked this question that he's guilty of. Because he is guilty of being his brother's keeper. We're each other's keepers. Yeah. You have this attitude of am I, and, and I almost see like a conversation that's going on here. Um, you know, 
And he's just downright disrespectful and rude towards God. Um, isn't that how a lot of people are today in Christianity as a whole? They, they think what they're doing is fine. But when you change the word of God and you argue it to be truth or not, you're, you're arguing with God. You know, if we don't follow the word of God, and that's what all this, well, it doesn't really matter. God doesn't really care. Yes, yes, God really does care. And he knows the difference. So we have to be careful of having that attitude of, well, it doesn't really matter. Um, and, and Cain here, he's even showing that he doesn't even see God as an authority. Because in his mind, think about this, he killed Abel. And when he asked to me, when he asked this question, am I his, bro, his keeper? It almost to me is, is saying, who are you to question me? Yeah. You know, who are you to question me? You know, if you don't tell someone the truth, to me that is you're not recognizing the authority that they have. And so when God comes and says, you know, where is your brother? It's not my job to watch him. It's not like he forgot that he killed Cain. He didn't know he did it. Okay. Um, verse, verses 10 through 12. Someone read those for me, please. And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. All right, well, God says, oh, I know where he's at. <laughs> You've killed him. Now he goes to cursing. Same ground that he tilled. Remember, what was his, what was his offering? Gardening. Gardening, vegetables and, vegetables and whatnot, right? So not only has the ground been cursed because of what Adam and Eve has done, is now Cain has a special extra curse placed upon him. Um, now with Abel's blood soaked into the ground, um, it's going to even yield less crops. Um, in my mind, what I'm picturing is, you know, when he was driven out, he was driven out. That, that's like the barren lands and whatnot. You know, you got a lot of your areas in Saudi Arabia and all those that aren't productive and whatnot. Um, constantly on the move. It talks about there that he's driven away from from his family. This this is what sin does. Look at the picture of this. Sin, you know, dries up your fruits of labor. You know, you're not going to have any 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 fruit with God. It's sin drives you away from your family, from God, puts you constantly on the run because once you start following that path of sin, you know, God's God's continually looking for us. He's always in our heart, so we constantly are having to Turn away and turn away because we don't want to accept and repent and return. So we're constantly, so you have this idea of Cain and Abel. You have Abel attacked for his faith and you have, due to the works of Cain, he drives himself out, remember? Because he had that second chance. God told him how to remain a part of the family and he chose not to. You know, God gives us the ability to choose. Everybody says, oh, well, 
you know, it's either God's way or the highway. No. Abel had. But if you're going to reject God's ways and you want to do it upon works, then you're going to have to live completely on works. And how's that going to work for Cain? It isn't. It isn't. It's amazing how much you really find out you need God when you hit rock bottom. You've been trying to do it on your own for so long. You know? Um, so, uh, verses 13 through 15. Someone want to read those for me? And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out of this, this day from the face of the earth. And from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. <laughs> this is typical uh, of just man in, in general. Cain gives his offering incorrectly, whether it be how he gave it or what he gave or whatever it is. He gives it incorrectly. So he starts this process, right? God gives him a second chance. He directs him, this is how you do it. All will be well. We'll all be one big happy family if you do it this way. Cain kills Abel, okay? So God confronts him. Cain deflects it. Showing zero remorse, right? He's not even sorry about, oh my goodness, what have I done? I've killed my brother, you know. No remorse. Disrespectful towards God. So God punishes him. What is Cain day? Oh, this is too much for me. This is too much of a punishment, right? So what does God do? Helps him out again. God again shows mercy and grace. The idea of the mark was to ensure that he wasn't slaughtered. God saves his life again when he didn't have to. This is this angry God that we serve, right? This mean, unfair God that we serve. We consistently mess up, and God continues to give us opportunities and grace and mercy that none of us deserved in the first place. This is all Cain's problem, his fault. And yet God, God could have just wiped him out. I'd be quite honest, if I was God, I'd have wiped out of an Eve out and started out with Joanna Bob. You know what I mean? We'd have just started a whole, I mean, it'd have been two people. The garden was already there. What would have been the big deal? There's plenty of dust. I could have made another one, right? How difficult would it have been, right? Why mess with this? God's all knowing. He knows how big of a pain of butt Trevor's going to end up being one day, right? Let's just start this thing fresh. But he doesn't. He continually, over, we're, we're four chapters in and we see mercy and grace and love and yeah is there is there uh, consequences is, is there punishments absolutely but only after god didn't start out being mean right and even in his consequences even within the punishments he's still making a way for retribution you know we still have that idea of the the messiah to come he hasn't after this said you know what forget it i'm taking jesus away right that's still to come. So in all this angry God stuff, all we are seeing is love and mercy and care, and which is justice, which is consequences. I'm sorry, you can't love a person and not direct them 
out of a bad situation. I can't tell you I love you and sit here and watch you intentionally harm yourself. No one in this world would sit here and watch a person with a knife cut themselves and just say, well, that's what that guy believes. Right? You know, we rush them to the hospital. We stop them. We take it away from them. You know, you, you see stuff where people are abusing children and we charge into that and we take them animals. You know, you see them all the time. You charge in and you, and you block that. But people on the road to hell were supposed to just be like, eh, we don't want to upset them. You know? So, you know, we just have this situation with Cain over and over and over. And, and this is, this is from the beginning to the end. We, we, when we did the judges, we saw the constant cycle of sin, right? Well, again, chapter 4, and this is Cain going all the way through all of that, all right? So now we're going to get to the mark of Cain. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I have no idea what the mark of Cain is. The Bible doesn't really say but I found a whole bunch of theories, all right? It's very interesting on what people... The idea that we're crazy is, is crazy, all right? Some of, these, some of these things in here are pretty interesting, all right? First, first one is it was, he was a paralytic. He became paralyzed some, some way or another, all right? The other one says that it was a letter on the forehead. I guess they're buying from the scarlet, scarlet letter idea. All right, so he had, right. he had some. Well, the idea of it was was the, the Hebrew letter for justice or something along the lines. It was you know some some <coughs> and all that. All right. Um, another guy said it was basically. I guess it made him into be Superman. This may have been where Superman came from. I'm not sure. A sword could not pierce him. Fire could not burn him, water could not drown him, air could not blast him, and lightning couldn't strike him. Not really sure where you get all that from just the word a mark, okay? But apparently this is where Superman, this was Superman wasn't. Yeah, maybe. Oh, that's true. I didn't really think about that. Apparently God blocked him from himself. I'm not really sure. But it's also, it says a mark. It doesn't say he had a they couldn't slay him because yeah. he actually that's the funny thing it says he actually exaggerates the thing he said he says that it come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me so it's like so they're just gonna they can only kill you once yeah. i mean let's like so he said everyone's gonna and they're gonna um, find and kill him and he's gonna get up again they're gonna find and kill him i mean it's not some more of these was um it was uh, a circle or a tattoo of some sort of the rising sun. I'm not really sure what any of that meant. Um, I guess that's where the, the Japanese came from. I don't know. Um, apparently, here's the one I kind of liked. Abel's dog followed him for the rest of his life. What? That was not, not really sure. Where's this stuff from? Uh, this was, um, I, I got it out of a, a commentary. But it's just theories that this yeah, guy had come across. Yeah. Again, none of this in my preaching oh, right. is truth. Okay. This is just, I think it's interesting. Um, <laughs> one of them was a long horn from the head. I guess that's kind of the, <laughs> where unicorns, I don't know. Maybe that's where unicorns from. Um, the sad one is, and people still to this day, which is the dumbest one, is the color of the skin. Um, in fact, that was something that was taught by southern preachers for a longest time was that was where they came from now here's the ignorance of that that means we wouldn't have any today because they would all died out in noah 
Exactly. Yeah. The idea of that being the color of her skin would have either been we're all that color because Noah would have had to have been that color, which couldn't have been because the mark of Cain would have been in Cain's lineage. And it was just Cain. It didn't say anything about it being following the family. Okay. Wow. But to be to be fair, the Southern Baptist Convention taught that for the longest time, and they renounced it back in the 90s. But... That was the stupid one, um, and and I've heard that I, I've I've actually heard that a lot. That again, the idea of Noah wipes that one right off the board. So I, you can't believe that story in another couple of chapters, right? Because God wiped the earth clean and started fresh with Noah. So either we're all that color because Noah had to have been that color, or I I go with the the horn. That's the kind of one that I like. I think he had a big job. Did you, go back, did you go back and look at what Ezekiel says about, he mentions the marks, and mentions, like in chapter 9, he mentions about the wicked, that, that they were marked on their foreheads. Did you read about that? I was just wondering what the affiliation with that would be if Ezekiel's referring to anything, too. Like in chapter, well, in chapter 9, it says, um, And the Lord said unto him, Go into the midst of the city, through the midst of the Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations to be done in the midst thereof. And then chapter 6, or I mean verse 6, it says, Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark, and begin my sanctuary. That's 9, what verse you in? It's in Ezekiel chapter 9. Verse four. So you wonder if maybe that so, yeah, along the line. My, 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 my question is: is that an affiliation? Is he making a reference to yeah. what God to, was making? Oh, I don't know. That's a good thing. I hadn't really thought about. Yeah, I, I was going to say that. I just couldn't remember where it was to even yeah. start looking for it. I don't understand Ezekiel to begin with, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't I know. I was just wondering if you came across any of your. No, it, when I was studying it, that didn't even come up, so I didn't, I didn't see that part. But, um, all right, so the the basically when we, you know, we, we, we close out this Cain and Abel thing, you know, we just gotta be careful that we're doing things God's way. That's the whole thing about Cain. Cain just didn't do it God's way. Uh, we we gotta watch our attitude. Sometimes we need an attitude adjustment. God will give us that attitude adjustment, and we gotta be careful on how we re- respond. To that, we can either do it positively or we do it negatively. And I think that's what typically tends to happen is when people fall away. They 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 respond to it. You want the? Um, they respond to it negatively, not the right way. And the right way is God's way. That's the ultimate ultimate way. Um, I want to get through this, Jim. So we're gonna. I want to get into what's. This is something that I hear more often, and it's this, the dumbest thing. <coughs> Genesis 4, 17, it says, and Cain knew his wife, all right? So many people argue there were other people on this planet outside of Adam and Eve. Where did Cain get his wife? And this, I legit, I have people have come and they, and when you're talking to them, they go, oh yeah, well, where did Cain get his wife? And the reasoning for that is because if they can prove there are people outside of Adam and Eve, then they are outside of Jesus Christ. And none of this applies to them, which means to me they would still be perfect because they didn't have the fall. So I think that falters most of that. We've said this over and over, and we'll say here, I think part of the reason of the mark 
And I said it before, I think, I think Cain and Abel were old enough they had families. And it would make sense he would be afraid people are going to kill him if, if Abel had family that wanted revenge. Yeah. What would, if it was just Cain and Abel and Adam and Eve and nobody else yet, what in the world would Cain be afraid of, mom and dad? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's the idea that there were more people than just Cain and Abel baffles someone all right so i want to go through a lot of some of this stuff i got several points here um and, and i think i got a lot of this off of um i think i got it off of ken ham he does an amazing job with well, with that with some of that stuff and he just he had all broke down pretty nice so um the first one um genesis the first one was um, in Genesis 1.17, it talks about Adam being created, right? Mm -hmm. um, in 1 Corinthians 15.45, Christ is called the first Adam. All right? So if the Bible was pretty clear that Adam was first. Okay? There, there obviously wasn't anyone else created. And then you have, um, it, it mentions... 1 Corinthians 15.45. So you have the first Adam and the last Adam. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. We know that is the first man Adam is, is Adam. And the last is Jesus Christ. Okay, that's what they're talking about. So reason number one is this Adam was first. So there obviously wasn't anybody prior to Adam and Eve. Okay? Um, the next, staying in Genesis... What was, what was Eve called? The mother of what? Of all what? Living. All right. She's called the mother of all living because, not just because God said, I know these people aren't part of you, but they're going to be your children too. They're going to be your adopted children, right? No. She's the mother of all living because all things living came from her, right? She came from who? Adam. All right? So she wasn't even created separately or came from another family and married in, right? So she came, the, the Bible says Adam was first. He created man and woman. Eve was created from Adam. She is considered, I mean, She's all living. God didn't say, no, Adam, you're wrong. She's not all living. We have others living on the other hill, right? So the second one is Eve. Eve is the mother of all living, right? Now, Genesis 5, 4, um, 3 and 4, um, first one was verse 4. says, and the days of Adam after he begat Seth were 800 years and begat what? Sons and daughters. Sons and daughters. All right? So they had many kids. 
Now, how old was he when he had Seth? 130, he was 100, what's that? He was 130 years old. That means from coming out of the Garden of Eden and to the birth of Seth, Adam and Eve had 129 years to what? Have Cain and Abel? <laughs> and then after Seth was born, they decided to have more kids. What, you know, the honeymoon period's kind of older. I really would like to have, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Our 130th anniversary. Let's go ahead and have a couple more youngins, you know. So you're coming, and this is the theory the world wants you to think. God removes them from the Garden of Eden. They're tilling the grounds, working upon themselves. They're told to replenish the earth. And what, Adam and Eve keep all that work to themselves? No, they're having kids. Now, sadly, they, you know, not sadly, but whatever you want to call it, they only had three boys that are mentioned because, I mean, Cain was obviously the first. Um, Abel was the one that was the promise. And since he was killed, she says that I've gotten another man or something along those lines. So it's pretty clear that they only had the three boys. Now, that means in that period of time, only Adam and Eve had three boys. That's not saying Adam or Adam wasn't with his daughters. Okay? Now, I know that sounds icky. Yeah. Yes. Okay? That sounds really icky. But Adam lived 800 years old. They had more than three children. Okay? Right. And they had more than one boy when Seth, or they had more than one kid when Seth rolled around 129 years later. Okay? They had, they had several. It says... Says they had, uh, and they begat sons and daughters. Okay, so when you go through there, you see, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, Acts seventeen twenty six, and I'm probably overdoing all of this, but that's the way I, I just, I'm overdoing it because it's overdone. I mean, it can be, you know. Yes, Roger. Do you think God did this so to get us all to use our brains, try to figure this out? Uh, I, I, I think it's I think it's common sense. That's but you know, I, oh, okay. Acts seventeen twenty six says. But yes, I mean, it, well, and what does it say? The Bible talks about the things of God will confound the wise, you know, whatnot. Seventeen twenty six and hath made of one blood all nations. All right, so. Right there, all nations one is from one blood. Oh, I was going to bring it up. Blood's all through this. You can't right? count that after I already said it, Roger. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I was just going to say that. No, um, no you're, well, you're exactly right. About blood well, blood. and that makes sense because the scarlet thread all throughout the Old Testament, New Testament, the blood of Christ, you know, all of that has to come from, we have to be from Adam to, for, because of the sin aspect of it. So outside of, outside of Adam and Eve, they're sinless creatures, okay? So um, the Bible talks about us all being from one blood. We're all brothers and sisters in creation. That's the other part of um, racism that just drives me nuts. It's just the color of skin. It's just where they 
ended up where they were. You know, we're all from Adam and Eve. All right. The racism stuff comes from when you try to set them outside of being something else, you know, or a mark. You have to you, ha you have to put a negative spin on where the color came from in order to do that. You know, that just yeah. makes you a moron. But all right. <laughs> all nations equal one blood. Um, now, let's see. We get into incest was not really all that uncommon. All right. And I know that's tough for us to swallow today because it's it was stopped. It's not needed anymore. But think about this. Genesis 1:28 talks about God commanded us to multiply. He was telling them in the garden of Eden, okay? And outside to multiply. Well, he only gave them two. God expected it. It's not like God just Adam and Eve were I mean, it would have died after Adam and Eve's kids if they weren't expected to have relations with your siblings, then then God's not very smart because he only gave two people. He would have had to have at least had, you know, some people on the other side of Eden for them to all, you know, to inter, inter, intermarry. All right. Um, Genesis 7-7. Seven, seven. <coughs> Now, how many people went on the ark? Eight. Eight. All right. So, Genesis 7, 7, And Noah went in, his sons, his wife, his sons' wives with him, in the ark because of the waters of the flood. If, if they weren't expected to have relations with family, why was it just those eight people that went on the ark? They, they saved two of every kind of animal. Maybe they, you know, did God mess up? Oh man, I forgot about the whole not not being with your relations of your kin. No, he well, didn't. Be marrying cousins. What's that? They would at least be marrying cousins because the wives wouldn't necessarily be. <coughs> yeah, they would at least. In that situation, they're at least at least with cousins, right? Um, listen, when you continue on, um, who did Abraham marry? His half sister. Alright. Isaac married his cousin's daughter Rebecca. Laban, Laban's father, Laban was the father of Jacob. Yeah, well the way I wrote it down is Laban and Jacob's Laban and Jacob were, I think. Laban and Jacob's father were related. Mm -hmm. And Jacob married Laban's two wives, Leah and Rachel. There it is. Okay. Um, Genesis, we'll just read it. Genesis 29, 14. Because now my brain's all messed up. You just look at something and then it goes right out of your head. And Reuben went in the days of wheat harvest and found... No. Yeah. And found mandrakes in the field and brought. Genesis 29 14. That's 30. There we go. That's what happens when you have <coughs> fat fingers. 29. 29. Genesis 29, verse 14. And Laban said unto him, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him the space of a month. So I don't know what the relationship was, but Laban says, Listen, 
Jacob, we are related. And he married the two daughters, all right? So, listen, the idea of that is it just, it, it, there's many spots in the Bible where that happens. It's not uncommon. It's not really outlawed. It's not biblically outlawed until Moses, all right? So nothing is mentioned until Moses. Something like that. But even the whole nation. You have, um, in Genesis, the law of Moses was given in 1440 B.C. That's roughly 2,500 years after creation and 400 years past Abraham. All right? So you're talking a long time span there before God actually came out in Leviticus. Um, if you want to read it, Leviticus 18 is the sexual immorality laws where he came out with that. So that is a long, long time. God gave a long time for the earth to replenish. Of course, um, we still have... Um, Secular incest. See, that's the nation. And, and, and a lot of nations still allow a lot of that stuff. Um, and this was from a website I looked this up because I wanted to see secular history on it. Um, the Egyptians were huge on it because the Egyptians wanted to keep that pure bloodline. So the Egyptians, there was a lot of brother and sister stuff going on there. And that was all throughout Egypt. King Tut, I think King Tut was brother and sister, and that's why he uh, had the issues that he had. Um, the The Romans were against it, except for the imperial family. It was one of those things that was kind of, don't do it, but it was overlooked. Again, for the, they wanted that power to remain in, in, in the family. Um, the movie Sparta, King, um, what's his name? Ignatius or whatever. Anyway, his wife, they were cousins. All right? So um, the Greeks, um, basically the Romans were okay with it, with or not okay with it, but there was some restrictions. Um, the, the Greeks really didn't have a whole lot of, uh, of restrictions. So, and, the and there's, huh? I said all the European kingdoms were that way. Yeah. You know, and so you have throughout <coughs> the, the secular world wants to say, oh, that is just horrible. I can't believe that happened 5,000 years ago. But I mean, it was happening. I mean, it still probably still happens. And it's one of those things that it's, it's, it's not, Hey, it's okay, but it's overlooked, you know? So. It's definitely a double standard when they say, oh, there's no way. That means he had to have relations with his sister or his niece or his cousin or whatever. <coughs> yes. Yes, he did. And that's a tough pill to swallow for some people. But it is what it is. And, and it still happened. If it was wrong then, it wasn't wrong then. It's wrong now because... When Moses came along in Leviticus 18, God says, eh, it don't even happen anymore. Adam and Eve's bodies were perfect. And sin over the years, I believe, and Eve were perfect. The genetic degradation is what it's called. Yeah. Well, and, and God's God, if that's how he planned it, 
then he protected the, the genetic code or whatever all that is. God made sure that, that, it, that it wasn't an issue because he needed it to be done. So however he made the original bodies, the rest he protected. And I think the day that this came to Moses is the day that protection disappeared. Right. Because now God says, okay, I don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. Now that can stop. And so all that went away. And then that's when all that genetic... Um, like a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, you know, over and over and over kind of situation. That's why, the, like, even something as simple as dog breeding, they'll have a female that's in a male, but they, and they'll breed them in between each other. But after so many generations, you start getting really bad dogs. You have it's it's genetic degradation. You can do it for a little bit, but yeah, and, and they can only do it. Now that it's happening, when you hear about it happening now, a lot of times it's in a bad connotation, like maybe it's a rape or a, a, a child abuse situation, and back then it wouldn't have been that. Exactly. See, nowadays when you hear that, you just think, well, they've abused their child. Absolutely. It wasn't for procreation. Now exactly. it was for it a sick, twisted mind. Exactly. All right, we're way over, so we got to get stopped here. Um,